0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: lacrosse fans what is going on what's good as the kids say welcome back to lacrosse classified here on the lax all-stars podcast network as we get set for a big episode number 65 is on deck here on a tuesday as it's jake elliott evan are back with you once again Evan, let's get you in right off the top here. I am back from Vegas. You were actually still in Vegas. Uh, I made it home. I'm alive and uh, not completely broke anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, definitely the you you got to the age where you can't party two nights straight.
1: Well, I, I hate to admit it, man, and, and since I've kind of gotten... Into this fitness regiment and and got off the the darts. Uh, I've I've really toned down how much alcohol I consume and I was never like a huge drinker, but uh, you know I can handle my liquor sort of thing and. I got after it. Me and uh, me, you, Teddy Jenner, uh, Miss Devin Caney for for a brief time there before she she traveled off. But me, you, and Teddy were at the Mandalay Bay on Friday night, and and you were playing blackjack. We were playing poker, and it was uh, to my delight to, to find out that if you're gambling at the casino, Evan, they just they'll just pour you as much as you want. And so I put in a solid eight-hour shift there, and then and wa- actually walked out of the casino up a few bucks. Had a great night uh, and into the morning, and then uh, Saturday we did what? We did a little shopping, and then uh, I think there was a nap involved there, uh, not together, but uh, <laughs> we then went to the to the game, and uh, that was about it, man. We well actually no, that's not true because. I said to you after the game uh let's let's have a mellow night here let's I want to check out old Las Vegas maybe go to a bit of a sleepier casino and and just maybe play some cards and and call it an early night you took me to to old Las Vegas to my surprise is actually about 10 levels more cranked up than than the strip like this <laughs> This place, I cannot believe you know, my eyes. The Fremont
2: Street is,
1: yeah, actually, I don't prefer
2: Fremont Street to the Strip. and I think it's because there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of entertainment going on on the street. Um, you know, people, people can go there and have a good time for a lot less money. But the other nice thing is, because it, you know, Fremont Street is literally a closed-up pedestrian road, so if you don't like the casino you're at, you just literally walk right across the street to the next casino. Yeah. Not yeah. 20 minutes to the next one on this trip.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there was like four different concerts going on in like a two-block radius. There's people zip lining, uh 20 feet above me. And people, that's I think more than anything, is we'll get on to some lacrosse talk here momentarily, folks, Eric Penny from the Vancouver Warriors uh, will join us here in, I want to say about 35 minutes from now. And... Double overtime-based Corey Small back on the program. Love talking lacrosse with the kitten. And he will join us in about uh, 15, 20 minutes from now. So Corey Small, Eric Penny coming up on the program. But I think that's what blew me away more than anything in that town, Evan, is that the amount, like whatever it is, 40, 50, 60 casinos, and every one you go into is pretty much the same. And it's just – Hordes of people drinking and just throwing money around like crazy, and I just—I think to myself, like this is happening all over the city. It, immediately, when you when you step outside of it, like you can just feel the energy, and and uh, it it got the motor going, man. I I was <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> I will be back, and, and we're going to talk about that game in Vegas uh, that we were both at. Uh, coming up in under review in a little bit, but Evan, we gotta we gotta get into it, man. It's week number ten in the National Cross League. It's time for Stampede Tax. Who we had and Stampede Tech? Well, it doesn't matter if you're in Warrior Country down there in Vegas, Rush Nation, Thunderbird Territory, whatever. Stampede Tech in Western Wear has boots for you to suit any kind of weather that you may experience. Keep you warm, keep you dry, keep you cool. Boots from Tack. Find them at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Week 10, Evan, another good week of National Lacrosse League action. Uh, not so much for my picks, not so much for your picks, although you did slightly better than I did. The lead is now up to 2. Let's get into it here. Week number 10, Georgia goes into Philadelphia and pulls off the one-goal victory. This game could have gone either way, Evan, but you had the Swarm. I had the Wings. 12-11 Georgia as they pick up another victory. Uh, Two in a row now for the Swarm.
2: And I think maybe here's the thing to look back on is we thought the Swarm were absolutely going to walk away with this East division. And a close game, a tight battle against Philadelphia at the start of the season would have been something we thought unimaginable. And Zach Higgins continues to play out of his mind. He had a bit of a weak second quarter, and maybe that was the difference. But Georgia went almost 20 minutes without scoring a goal in that second half. This is one interesting stat. When I, I listened to the replay, was they caught it. Halfway through the second quarter of this game, Georgia had already taken 27 shots. They only took 21 the rest of the way. Hmm. So, Philly's defense really stepped it up. In the end, it's a couple goals from Randy Stotts late in the game. That's the difference. But once again, it's, I guess it's a W for Georgia, and you can never look badly upon a W, but. This isn't the same Georgia Swarm team we thought they are going to be, and it's definitely not the same Philadelphia Wings th- team we thought they were going to be at the start of the year.
1: No, a much better Philadelphia Wings team. Uh, by the way, Trevor Baptiste in this game, Evan. 24 out of 28 in the faceoff dot for the Wings. And I, I don't know if it would have changed my pick. It very well could have, Evan, if I would have known... That one Brett Hickey, who I had that hot take, remember, a week ago, Evan, saying he'd hit 50 if he stayed healthy. Well, this was work-related, apparently, but no Brett Hickey in that lineup. And when you're the Wings and you lose a one-goal game, I'm sorry, but Brett Hickey is scoring at least one goal, probably more, and throwing a few assists in there as well. So if number 11 was in the lineup for the Wings, and I know it's woulda, coulda, shoulda, I, I like the Wings' chances in that game the way they're going right now. But they didn't have them, and uh, Georgia goes on well, to the victory.
2: And the other thing, too, is, um, you know, Jackson with another seven points, he is ripping the score sheet up this year. He's he's on fire.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like – I mean, Shane's always been a real solid contributor and, and I think has kind of flown under the radar – with some of the, the superstar lefties that, that are in this league, but so consistent and the hardest-working guy on offense all the time and just finds – like, he takes a beating out there to Shane Jackson, and he just keeps getting up, keeps getting up. And now he's what? He's got a hat trick in every game, Evan, and uh, he's in the MVP conversation definitely here a third of the way through the season or as we approach the the halfway mark.
2: No question. Well, I mean, there's a few other guys that are in that conversation the second half of the season, will decide it. But um, one of those guys that, if we talk, start talking especially about the most improved player, one of those two or three guys we're looking at there as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move along into Toronto we would go. The undefeated Halifax Thunderbirds going into Toronto to take on The Rock now. I saw one uh, Nicholas Rose in Vegas who who made the the trip to to Sin City after the big W over the Thunderbirds twelve nine the final in this one uh, a good opening half for Trump very consistent uh, through three quarters got got outscored in the fourth four to one but they had such a nice cushion by that point it was kind of like they just went on shutdown mode here twelve nine the final in this one. Impressive win for Toronto in front of almost eleven thousand fans there at Scotia. Uh, this this is a good win for the Rock and no more undefeateds in the National Lacrosse League.
2: Yeah, that, that attendance number is critical. Um, you know, they they had some games where it wasn't so great, so to see that's really nice. Uh, now, of course, we always say lacrosse is a game of runs. Well, that's exactly what we saw here. Uh, You know, after the Halifax opening goal, Toronto puts up three. Halifax puts up three. Toronto then puts up eight of the next nine, which is ultimately the difference. Halifax puts up the next four to get it close. So, this back and forth ebb and flow, but a much better performance from the Toronto defense. Uh, Nick Rose really settling in. And, oddly enough, I completely forgot about this, but Dan Dawson, who needed just two assists. He put up a hat trick because he only got the one assist oh, so he's yes. at eight ninety nine. Yeah. And he's actually only around 37, thirty seven, thirty eight behind John Tavares in all time assists. Wow. So that's within reach.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny when when everybody was talking like and I was one of them, like nobody's ever catching Tavares for the scoring race or the assists or whatever <laughs> It's within reach now for Sean Evans. Like, if he stays, if he stays healthy for the next four or five years, he's going to get there, which is just insane to think about. But there he is, and a lot can happen, obviously, in four or five years. Uh, so maybe we'll we'll have that conversation on uh, what would be like episode two twenty one or something like that, Evan, uh, around there when, when Evans Evans uh, maybe approaching John Tavares' scoring record. Listen, we talked about Trevor Baptiste in the faceoff dot for Philadelphia in that game against Georgia. Check out the wizard, Jake Withers, twenty-two of twenty-four for <laughs> Withers in the face-off dot. So you look at it both ways here. Both mm-hmm. these teams dominant in the face-off dot, but both lose the game.
2: Well, and maybe this is a, we're slowly starting to see this trend. It hasn't been fully developed yet. You're starting to see, well, I mean, Withers is a whole different story. Sorry, Withers is, was, was yeah. always a face-off specialist that could play fantastic yeah. team. 21 to
1: 23. So you're starting to see a lot of teams
2: starting to pick up a Fogo with the intent of teaching them the defensive game, mm. right? And we're starting to see now a lot of these 80% games across the league. This isn't unusual anymore. Yeah.
1: You ignored me twice, so I'll just say it one more time, Evan. 21 of 23 for Withers, but 22 of 24 overall for the T-Birds. Uh, and you're right, you know, Dawson, the leading man in the goal department for Toronto with three goals, and then Hellier with two, Dominic with two, uh, Rogers one, Edwards one, Jay one. So some nice production and transition, and that's really how Toronto needs to be successful Solid goaltending out of Nick Rose, who called me out for not betting on The Rock for who you got last week. Uh, He was, it was in jest, but, uh, and I don't mind it, hey, like, if I see you and you want to call me out, go for it. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Thanks for listening, Nick. Uh, So, I think that's it. Solid goaltending for Toronto, a well-balanced attack up front, some production, and it, Some production in – I guess you could use this for any team, but I think in particular for Toronto, Evan, this is the recipe for the Rock.
2: Yeah, and, well, when you keep a team off the scoreboard for almost 30 minutes, you're probably going to win the game almost every
1: night. Yeah, that's that's impressive in its own right right there. Moving along, Evan, Rochester at Buffalo. The rivalry continues here. Two teams that – well, franchises that have obviously – go away, way back, and uh, this time it was in Buffalo, Evan, and you, we alluded to it earlier. One of our guests coming up, Corey Small with the overtime winner. That sounded like this.
2: Chris Kluche outside the line to the near side over to Smith who gets it back to Cluche, back to Smith. Here's Smith, big sticks, it's go! Pull the trigger, Corey Small. Second week in a row, John, Corey Small, Paul's game. This time leaves no doubt about it. No bouncing. Didn't take a defender, not getting into his own net.
0: That is Corey Small's spot. A quick stick, catch and shoot. Great job by Dane Smith to drive in. I thought Dane Smith was shooting. I think Friar thought so too.
2: And he sends it across to Corey Small, who with a quick stick makes no mistake.
1: John Gerler and Daddy. Evan, Steve Burmel on the call there as Corey, Corey, score! Does anybody do it better than John Gertler, Evan? I don't know if they do. I could listen to that guy call cross games forever. The legend with Johnny Gertler with the call along with Steve Burmel on BR Live, courtesy of the National Lacrosse League. Rebounds! Evan, uh, Corey Small with two straight overtime goals here for Buffalo. Again, Matt Vince, not particularly sharp, but Buffalo with enough firepower to get it done over the Nighthawks. They are starting to remind me of the Philadelphia Wings here a little bit from a year ago, Evan, all these one-goal losses. They're in them all. They just can't seem to get over the hump.
2: Well, actually, Vince was not – that far shy of an 800 game, but he faced 65 shots. Well,
1: we're, t- we're talking about Matt Vince here. I, maybe I hold him to a higher standard. I don't know, Evan, but I just look at the score and go, it's mm-hmm. a lot of goals on Matt Vince.
2: Yeah, but a lot of shots, and that's that's the problem. And Buffalo's had this. It, we're We're seeing Buffalo now allowing a lot more goals than they did last year which you know has definitely got to be a concern not not only with goaltending, but also with the defense and uh, but their their offense you know Cluche continued to rip it up four goals 11 points out of Dane Smith you know him having the ball in his stick a little more often is working for Rochester you've got to feel a little bit burned here if you look at the last couple seconds of regulation and then uh, what happened in overtime for Rochester, because what literally happens is is that Buffalo comes out 40 seconds ago, rings one off the post, they get the rebound player, another shot, and that second shot goes out of play. But then Chris Williams goes and reviews the first shot to see if it went in off the post. It didn't. But what that review did was it gave Buffalo a free timeout So it allowed both Dane Smith and Josh Byrne to be literally pinned on Turner Evans when he gets the ball back with 22 seconds to go. And all Evans is able to do is to basically crawl into a ball and wait for the eight-second violation to happen. Maybe he should have just tried and lobbed it down if that was going to happen and try and kill some more time. But then one shot by Buffalo, and just before they took the shot, a time-out gets called. Otherwise, this could have been much different. And then Kluche ties it up in the dying second. Yeah, let's not
1: forget about um, that. Four goals from Chris Clucci. The last one coming with seven seconds left in regulation just to get that game to overtime. And I think... I think this is a trade at the end of the day is going to work out for both teams here, Evan, with Philly getting the first rounders and, and Cluchet finding a new home in Buffalo and kind of rededicating himself to fitness and fitting into that Bandit offense pretty nicely as well. And I think he's got his confidence going. He's looking like he's in shape and, and we'll see what kind of player that Philadelphia gets with the pick. But uh, I think this is going to be a good deal for everybody involved.
2: Well, but keep in mind, they have a burn, a spot, in the expansion draft to hold him, it exposed Durson. At the end of the day, you know it does hurt. It hurts either way. How but that I trade works I think that's part out, of the but, reason that but they he's went out, in quite well.
1: I think that's part of the reason that they went out and got him anyway. Maybe, maybe that's was all part of the plan. scope love John Gertler, Evan. Uh, two more games to go here on Stampy Tax. Who we had and maybe the most impressive victory for any team. In week number 10, Evan came courtesy of the Vancouver Warriors. Sponsors on the program, by the way, Evan. Vancouver Warriors now, Evan, look out here. A 7-5 victory over Colorado a couple of weeks ago. Now they follow this thing up with a 10-6 victory on the road in New England. Eric Penny getting it done again. And suddenly the Vancouver Warriors, and they did this without Matt Beers, by the way, have become this defensive juggernaut.
2: Eric Penny, I said last week, had put in the best performance of his career and then puts one even in, in better than that. New England has got to be concerned. The last three games, their scoring production has just dropped off the map.
1: Why do you think and that is? I think
2: people have started to you know, figure out how to shut down Callum Crawford, which then shuts down most of the rest of the team. That's what you think. So... It's something to look out for because now two losses in a row and a bear escaped the game before that.
1: Yeah, and and listen, Vancouver had New England to, what, four goals with about two minutes to go in this game? Like, they were on the verge of of setting a record and a couple of late ones, but No Logan Schuss in this game. No Matt Beers. This is is a win for Vancouver that I think is going to plant the seed throughout that dressing room that they can go into any arena throughout the league and get a win. Because to go from Vancouver to New England and get a win like that as impressively as they did... That that's gonna send the belief and the message well, through that room that they hey, this they can they can mm-hmm. win. How about Sam Clare and the game that he had five points, a goal and four assists in this game? Yep. But but for me really Lyndon
2: Bunyo. Yeah, Lyndon Bunyo like...
1: doing his thing. I, I think they this this kid Buño, he's the kind of guy that every offense needs. And and it's tough because you want production of your entire offense and he hasn't scored a goal yet. But I that that's going to come. There, there's no doubt about that. But what he does is he'll go into the corners and come out with loose balls. He'll get you those second and third resets on the 32nd clock. He will yep. jam himself into the front of the goal. He's going to get underneath the, the skin of the defense and draw penalties. He brings so many well. intangibles to the table. Every team needs a guy like him on their offense, and I know you got to give up a roster spot to get him in there, but I, I think they're a better team with Lyndon Buno in the lineup.
2: That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. Here's the other thing that Vancouver's been doing extremely well the last three, four games, is staying out of the penalty box. Such they only had they only one minor penalty this entire game.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely – I mean, again, that's a recipe for every team, right? You stay out of the box, your chances of winning the game go up substantially. It's, it's I mean, it's simple, even math that I can do, Evan. Stay out of the box. Your chances go up significantly. One more game. So impressive there. So what are we here, Evan? I am one, two, I'm one and two, one and three at this point. No. What did I do, Evan?
2: You were only one and four
1: this week. Oh, my God. I thought I was two and three. I I'm one and four. That yeah. is That is the worst week I've ever had picking games right there.
2: And uh, an overtime away from an 04.
1: Wow. That's. Uh...
2: Although, out of the entire lot in who you got, only one person had picked Rochester. That person almost <laughs> had it perfect. Wow.
1: Uh, by the way, so let's get to our last game, and then we'll we'll announce uh, Week 10's winner coming up here. So final game of the week was in Las Vegas, and, and we were front and center for that one. Evan, I'm so happy I made the trip down there to, to this game, and not only to, to go to Vegas for my first time, to watch National Lacrosse League action in Vegas, but uh, you know I had a chance to... To meet Devin in person, and then Jessica Berman, the new deputy commissioner. I had a chance to meet uh, Joel Feld, who I've obviously talked to and and emailed a whole bunch, but never had met in person. And and then Kevin Morgan as well, who has been absolutely crushing it as far as acquiring big time sponsorship for the National Cross League. So it was, it was, and we even both got to meet uh, billionaire Joe Sy. And, and and well he was with Steve Govett watching the game so we got to have a brief word with him as well mm-hmm. so um, all around and just su- that
2: he was in the middle of the crowd watching yeah, like game he was sitting in some executive suite yeah
1: he was sitting 10th row uh, right on the aisle center floor him and Steve so it was uh, super cool to see and and again i just i want to go back and and, and this game What it takes to to put on an event like that in a neutral site city, in a city like that. Like the Seals organization brought their entire staff from San Diego to Las Vegas to get this game to go off. Uh, They had to, what, cut off a foot and a half of turf, Evan, just to get the turf to fit into the arena. That's no small undertaking. There are a thousand, if not five thousand things that need to be checked off and crossed off. For an event to go off like it did, and to to Steve Govett and Josh Gross and the entire Seals organization, just a fabulous night in Las Vegas. The two teams put on a, a great show. I said this on Lac Sportsnet earlier today, Evan. When when I go to a game as as kind of a air quote fan, one of the things I do is is I watch the people, and not not the lacrosse people that. I know are going to enjoy the game and understand what's going on and and know when to cheer and all that sort of stuff. It's the people that I can tell that this is their first game that they've ever been to or they're new to the sport. They've seen it but maybe never live or never been to an NLL game. And these are the people that I watch and and watching them come out of the building after that game was over and San Diego won at seventeen to ten. Austin Stotts makes his return, but watching the people come out of that building with smiles on their face and still cheering and dancing to the music and clapping and to a person. Well, and the they, turf was
2: full packed at the end of the game. Yeah, You know, everybody heading down there to go get autographs.
1: To a person, it looked like everybody just had an outstanding time, and uh, you, you're a resident there, Evan. You tell me, this looks like this city is ready for a team of their own. Well, hey, well, we'll i tell the, you what. We'll
2: get into that in under review. Yeah, but, let's do that. Uh, let's, let's
1: we'll get into that in under review. But let's let's cover off this game but, here. But I let's, mentioned...
2: let's 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 talk about the game here. Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, a big thanks to Hannah Kosh and Steve Govett for the hospitality, and another big thank you I got to give here is to Tor Reinhold too. Um, he probably, he may not even know that it, <laughs> that I know about this, but um, we took some of our neighbors to the game and they had a couple of kids and Tor was nice enough to take their young son and take him on a dressing room tour and this kid was just elated. Made his year. So big thanks to Tor Reinhold for doing that.
1: Torper getting back
2: man. getting back to the game here. Now Austin Stotz made his return. He only got the one goal. But here's the thing. What, if you watch the game close enough, what you start to see happening is is that Edwards is tracking Sots like crazy all over the floor. They're double-teaming him. That gets Casey Jackson wide open, and that's why Casey Jackson has this electric night. I believe, what was it, seven points or something like that Big he night. had? Yep. Um, First start. And, but that's the thing with that. Just the presence of Austin awesome Sauce there – changed the dynamic of this game. Probably was a defensive uh, error by Colorado in trying to shut him off that much because he still looked a little timid with the knee. There was one point in the first quarter, you know, we all had a collective gasp when he went down shortly, but a game where San Diego got down early, but then found their tracks and just blew Colorado out the door and, their social media put this out there, and this is an interesting stat. Mm-hmm. In every game that they've played, Colorado, they've chased Dylan Ward.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a wild thing. <laughs> There's set. nobody Those...
2: that can even come close to saying oh, that.
1: That might be the only team that can make that claim. I like. I can't re- – I only recall Dylan Ward getting pulled too often, and it might be just against San Diego. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, Nick Damood has looked good in his two wins with San Diego, and the Seals are just a different team when 83 is in their lineup. You could see the, the swagger instantly come back into that lineup, and Audi gets the one goal, but he was drawing doubles, like you said, all night. He gets the one goal, and it was like, I don't know. It was like he just won the lottery, like how excited he was, and then got interviewed after the game. And was like a kid on Christmas, man. And for what that guy has gone through the last ten months to get ready and get back to playing, like I was shocked to see him out there, quite frankly. And and he, I, he's not at a hundred percent yet. Like there was still a little hitch in his giddy up, and and it'll take him a little bit more time to to fully get confident in that knee. But to hear and and to see the emotion in Austin Stotts, who Evan, this guy is gonna be. A transcendental player, a generational player in our league for the next ten to fifteen years. Uh, to see the 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 emotion on him and to hear his voice, how much it meant for him to get back into the lineup and, and score a goal and help his team win. That those are the stories. That's the that's the stuff I want to see in here, and and it was pretty mm-hmm. special.
2: Let me put you on the spot here. If you are In San Diego's shoes, and let's say Frankie Shiliano comes back, Mm. who do you start?
1: Well, I'll say this. I think you give Frank another week. uh, You get him as rested as you possibly can, and the more starts that Demu can get, and if he keeps winning, how do you switch? How do you switch? So. I think Frankie's still their number one guy. I think there's that belief in their room as well. And I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the team has played better in front of DeMood than they have in Shiliano. But there's no reason to rush Frank back right now the way Nick is playing. So give him another start. Maybe you back Frank up if he's, if he's healthy. But I ride DeMood until he loses a game. How do you yank out a guy that's winning you games?
2: you can't right now and that's the thing it's until he loses I, I i know there's this old adage of you shouldn't lose your starting job due to an injury
1: i don't know how you take a guy out of the net that's winning any games like he hasn't lost so why would you take him out evan let's get to break one and four i went in week 10 my goodness that is tough update the overall standings please would you
2: well i'm ahead by two so we're just trending in the right direction And in who you got this week? So no, give me the overall. Give give me the overall,
1: Evan. Evan, Give me the overall records, please. You got them in front of you. I actually don't have them in front of me. (laughs) You're the guy, Evan. (laughs) Twenty-four and twenty-one. I am. That makes you twenty-six. Twenty-six and. Uh, that is a rough week, man. One and four. My goodness. Okay, so the winner, uh so we had three people go five and oh this week, Evan. Tell us who the winner of who he got's week ten is.
2: It is Rick
1: Maine, Hall of Fame goaltender, man cup champion, minto cup champion, my former teammate with the new Westminster Salmon bellies was actually just over at my house stopped by earlier today Evan he he went out of his way and said this is the second week in a row that he's played who he got and he told me that he went five and0 I said oh well, I heard three people went five and0 you should stay tuned you might have won and indeed it's manger who wins week 10. congratulations Rick Mann, courtesy of week six winner yours truly Evan uh and you who's who's never won a week of who you got uh, congratulations to rick mang will be in touch you won yourself a stampede tack and western wear prize pack and and keep doing your thing man you could be in the running for the grand prize at the end of the year week six winner evan
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk week six winner all you like when you're singing "Ryan Sound Cowboy again at the end of the season.
1: Well, let's, uh, well at least I'll know the words if uh, if it comes down to that. We That was a big opening section once again, Evan, as we break down five games in week 10. we got to get to break. Corey Small is waiting for us to call him so we can have a chat about Buffalo Bandits and all things Corey Small. We'll do that here on episode 65 right after this on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network associated labels and packaging a fun family company
3: that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level Hey, this is Bradley Cree of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Go in the game one podcast
1: at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, Lacrosse fans. J. Kelly Evan seminar with you, episode number 65. You just heard from our fabulous friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Creating first impressions, family-owned and operated. Uh, Unfortunately, Evan, the the proprietor, the owner of Associated Labels and Packaging, big 49ers fan, big 49ers fan, Evan. Of course, uh, they lost the Super Bowl yesterday. So I I steered clear of of Sean today, but uh, if you want to find the products associated with Associated-Labels.com is where you're going to find them. Associated LP as in labels and packaging. As now we are joined. I don't know how many times you've been on the program now, but it's, uh, it's not enough as far as I'm concerned. It's number 15 in your Buffalo Bandits program. He's scored two consecutive overtime goals for the Buffalo Bandits. Corey Small back on the program. Kitty, how are you? Jumbo evan how you guys doing thanks for having me oh we're so happy to have you man uh i i'm assuming you're in a pretty good mood here on a monday after another big buffalo bandits win another overtime goal what what's going on man you just seem to have the knack i remember a pretty big one back when you were with the stealth now a couple more here with the bandits uh you just like scoring overtime goals uh, i wish i wish uh i wish those
3: games didn't have to go that far but uh, you know so be it but I don't know. For for some reason, uh, I guess I kind of thrive in those situations a little bit, and uh, I don't know if the ball seems to find me. But uh, I, I don't know. Guess I guess I'll take them. But uh, they were they were two great wins for us, and um, it was a it was a special one on Saturday. We we kind of lost a bit of a lead, and then uh, Rochester jumped ahead a few goals on us, and we were able to climb back and score. Kuchace scores a tying goal with 11 seconds, and then we we finish it off in overtime. So it was a great game.
0: As
2: touching on Kluczyk, this is a guy who was almost cast aside a bit by Philadelphia. You got him in the trade, you know. Talk about the impact that he's built in his second year, which his second season turned out to be a lot better than his opening season.
3: Yeah, he, I mean he's a beast. Um, he's when he's moving, uh, top speed one-on-one against defender. He's a tough, a tough guy to match up against. And, um, you're almost not able to stop him from getting to the net. So he's been fantastic for us. Um, I know we picked him up. We were really high in him last year. Um, didn't necessarily get him into every game towards the end of the year, just because, uh, uh, we had some good chemistry going obviously in Buffalo and, uh, we didn't really want to rock the boat too much, but when he did step in, he was really good. Um, I know, you know, he was pretty much, uh, they had him a pretty uh, pretty good program this summer for you know working out. And he was uh, he's with Josh Byrne and Dane Smith living in Buffalo, and obviously those guys are first class athletes themselves. So um, they've all been working really hard, and uh, he came into camp in really good shape. And you can see kind of the result of of the hard work he's put in in the off season. And uh, he's he's playing fantastic for us. He's been he's been an X factor for us in more than one game this year.
1: Speaking with Corey Small here, of the Buffalo Bandits, and, and you mentioned the word chemistry earlier, Corey, and, and when I think of the Buffalo Bandits, that's, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, you guys have a ton of talent. You got the, the best goaltender to ever play the game, and – the chemistry. I, I I watch the the social media and and the you know the Danes world and I, I see uh, I see the Fraz doing his thing and I just look at this group with with McKay and and all these guys they just love to be around each other they have so much fun I remember that the the Sellies from a year ago with the party party and that. tell me about this chemistry in, in Buffalo and for for people that may not know how big of a factor is it to to getting to where you want to go at the end of the year,
3: it's uh, it's huge. Obviously, chemistry is a big thing, and uh, it, you're always playing your best when you're having fun, right? So, obviously, when you're winning, it's a lot more. It's a lot easier to have fun. So, things have been good the last last two years. But I, we're we're such a close group. Um, obviously, you see a lot of the social media stuff we put out with the guys living in living in Buffalo. So, there's a lot of fun stuff they're doing, kind of off the floor, whether it's school program stuff or. Um, you know, doing all the social me- social media stuff that we put out, but uh, every time we show up to the rink, it's it's just a a great you know family kind of atmosphere for us. It seems like we're all really excited to get back together as a group, um, even if we've only been away for a couple of days. But we're we're a really tight knit group. Uh, we have so much fun at practice, so much fun in the locker room for a shoot around and pregame, um, but it translates to on to our play on the floor because we're we're all willing to kind of run through the wall for each other. So uh, chemistry is always a, a huge factor in a team. And we just, honestly, we just love playing for Buffalo, all of us. And um,
2: we all just like being part of the team together. And I guess it can't hurt too much when you got the goat and John Tavares sitting behind you on the bench.
3: Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's incredible. I mean, we, I I've probably touched on this before in a few other interviews, but some of the stuff he kind of draws up for us on power plays and, um him and actually uh rusty Kruger putting together some of our offensive sets as well for you know some of our focus plays or stuff that i haven't seen in this league before some some yes i have and a lot of stuff no i haven't so they're definitely putting some new innovation into into our offense and um fortunately for us we've got you know like you said that chemistry where we're able to kind of execute the plays they put together for us And, and it's it's going really well right
1: now. Yeah, t- talk about Rusty Kriga. It's, it's funny you kind of brought him up, Corey, because I I look at you two and and very similar kind of body. So I think Rusty maybe was a little bit nastier than than you were, yeah. Corey. But very, you know, he had the the beautiful quick stick and kind of that soft zone on the power play that he liked to play. And you guys really remind me uh, a lot of each other. But with the dynamic with Richie stepping back and John becoming the head coach and Rusty having a bigger voice on that Bandits bench, how has that whole dynamic been for for you? And what do you think the impact on the team has been? Because from everything that JT has said, Rusty is going to be a real good coach in this league for a long time. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um,
3: I mean, I I have a great relationship with him and, you know, along with all our other offensive guys. Um, You know, he's an easy guy to get along with Um, but you know he does kind of set that standard of coach to player relationship so um, you know I think for him too coming in we had some really good groundwork from JT last year uh, and he's come in and tweaked a few things and added a few things and ultimately I think it's made us so so much more successful this year Um, so I you know obviously there's always a bit of a learning curve when there's a new coach but um, he's been great coming in to date and Obviously, uh, the results showing on the floor, but, but you know I love him as a head coach. Um, I got nothing but respect for the guy, and uh, I think he's doing a great job
2: leading our group up front. Now, Jim Nelson has sent me a question. He wants me to ask you before I get to that, <laughs> because Jimmer just actually uh, took over a business. He's probably set you up with a few cars. What's the craziest car Jimmer's ever? set you up with uh
3: you know what i only got jim jim's a great guy obviously and uh i've only ever had one car from from jim and it it, we named it the purple genie um it was a god i couldn't tell you what year it was but it was a purple light purple dodge stratus uh was my first show in victoria but uh, the advice I got from the guys were if it ever breaks down the side of the road, just leave it and Jim will come get you. So uh, he, was, uh, he was a great guy.
1: <laughs> he was a great guy. But
3: um, actually, a pretty good story. My wife and I, we were driving uh, driving that car up Island one uh, one day when obviously we were living in Victoria, and we heard like a loud bang, and we we're like, "What the heck is that?" And uh, some car speeds up to us, and she's trying to signal through the window that all four of our hubcaps were shot off the <laughs> side of the car so we just looked at her and said don't worry about it yeah, fine yeah. and we
1: just kept driving they're yours <laughs> if you want them
2: yeah so here's the question jimmer's got for you how formative were all those years in victoria for the way your career has turned out
3: oh i mean i those those years in victoria were huge for me um you know, I was playing in Kitchener, uh, maybe playing a little bit of a lesser role as an offensive guy there. Obviously, as a as a rookie and second year player. Um, and then when I came into Victoria, uh, I had an opportunity to kind of step into a primary role, and actually become more of a, a leader on that team. And, and I mean, I like I'll treasure all eight of those years in Victoria. They were some of the best years of lacrosse I've ever played, and some of the most fun I've had playing lacrosse in my entire life. And um you know now playing in Peterborough and uh having one one two man cuffs with them uh you know each one special but um none will be as special as that first one that I that I won in Victoria with that group so um Victoria still very much feels like home but uh you know my wife and I obviously talk about it all the time and I was very thankful for the opportunities I had there and um yeah it was an incredible incredible eight seasons with victoria and i and I loved it there very much
1: uh last couple here for you Corey Small. and and with all that being said uh obviously the the need to to return home was kind of there for you and and you sound like you're in a much better place and and maybe a lot more settled. I know a lot goes into to your life when you have to sell a house and move across the country and then reset up and all that sort of stuff how how have you settled in, and, and how's Lauren, and how's the rest of the the small clan doing? Uh,
3: really good. Lauren, Lauren actually wanted me to make sure I said hi to you, so <laughs> okay, that was a good plug. It. It's good plug to get in there. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it was, uh, obviously, when you're operating your life and uh, moving across country, it's very unsettling, and there's, you know, lots of things to go on, and, um, you know, I moved home to be close to my parents, and... Um, you know, Lauren and I bought a house here and we've been settled in now for about two years, and we're about a three minute drive from my parents' house. So awesome. uh, that's great. And then obviously, uh, Lauren's family is from St. Catharines as well. So we're about 10 minutes to their place. So we're pretty central to both of our families, which is really important. And um, obviously, uh, being able to play in Buffalo, like as much as I love the, uh, Vancouver and uh, you know, the group of guys we had there, um, it just was looking like it was going to be impossible for me to be traveling back and forth every single weekend. Um, so being able to be back in Buffalo and, you know, 30 minute drives to games and being able to come back home the same same night after a game has been great. And uh, it's just, you know, way less taxing on my life and our life as a family. So I've been uh, I've been enjoying it and obviously uh, playing for a team that's winning and you know obviously unfortunately lost in the finals last year but you know it looks like we're on, on tracks for another good season this year and I'm just I'm just loving lacrosse again and I'm really happy to be back home and playing lacrosse in Buffalo
1: yeah well hey man uh, last one and, and speaking of loving lacrosse and uh great season uh word coming down just a, a couple of weeks ago St. Catharines will host the Minto Cup coming up uh this year Corey uh I, I don't know how big the the chalet there is in St. Kitts, but if, uh, if old Jumbo might, uh, <laughs> might, might be coming back from Minto. So just uh, maybe keep the couch on reserve for me if you can. Well, we'll make sure the pool's running at a, a nice oh! 90 degrees for you. Yeah. Oh, I might even be able to take my shirt off in public by then. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh
3: man. Yeah. That'd be great. We'll definitely. Uh, when you're, if you're in town, we will definitely have over for dinner. That'd be awesome.
1: All right, man. Um, yeah, I, I look I, forward I'm forward
3: to it. I'm looking for, yeah, I'm looking forward to you. Uh, honestly. And just, Minto Cup in St. Catharines just reminds me, uh, you know, I was unfortunately wasn't able to play in any any Minto Cups, but I do remember um, St. Catharines hosting Minto Cups back. Booyah. um, Yeah, Booyah, exactly. (laughs) And the crowds were insane. So um, I'm looking forward to catching some games this year um, because I think the crowds and the experience will be awesome in St. Catharines.
1: Absolutely. Keep it rolling in bandit land, buddy, and we'll talk again soon
3: awesome thanks a lot guys appreciate you having
1: me our pleasure that was the kitten cory small two straight overtime goals for cory evan and he's just kind of got the the knack the flair for the dramatic and he's and he's really had it his whole career he he just finds a way to score the big goal
2: and if we think back not too long ago he scored the goal to tie the, the game two of the final up right and Almost put everybody uh, right. in tears in Calgary. So right. it, this constantly happens. Yeah, good <laughs> points. Good points. It's just you know some guys live for the big moments, and he's one of them.
1: Absolutely, good shot there with Corey Small. Let's take a quick break here in episode sixty-five. We'll go for off from offense, not to defense. Seven. We'll go to the goaltender. EP sixty-one. Eric Penny at a wreck Stale will join us on the other side. This is Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving
0: effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com/tickets today. Hey, this is Derek Keenan, head coach and GM of the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard right there from the Vancouver Warriors. Their next home game, Evan, Friday, this Friday, February the 7th, seventh Note the start time, Evan, 7.30 start now from the Raj. And you don't want to miss out on any of the action this Friday as they turn back the century, everything from 1999 and the year, or the early 2000s. Throwback pricing on merchandise, 30% off jerseys and apparel, special warrior food and beverage pricing, lucky rogue giveaways, and all sorts of other things. Do not miss this game. Vancouver Warriors taking on the Buffalo Bandits this Friday, and we're going to talk uh, to the Warriors goaltender right now. Number one goaltender, Eric Penny Pendock, welcome back to the podcast here, man. Thanks for doing this. And, and congratulations on a big victory in New England just a couple of days ago. That one there had to feel pretty good for you and the boys.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it was a big one. It's nice to get a couple in a row and hopefully we can build off this.
1: Well, I'm I'm wondering, like, when is the last time... You guys won two in a row. Yeah, you know it's. Uh,
0: it's I I couldn't tell you. I don't think I was. Uh, I was part of the team when that happened. But uh, yeah, no. Now we're we're just looking forward and not worrying about the past. And what matters is. Uh, this weekend the game against Buffalo yeah. and uh, Rochester.
1: Well, absolutely. I, and before I let Evan jump in here, looking forward, looking forward to Friday at the Vancouver Warriors game. Visit vancouverwarriors.com by the way. Get your tickets uh, starting at just 19.95. And uh, pretty simple to do. At vancouverwarriors.com or call 604-899-4625 and option number one to get your warriors tickets uh throwback 1999 eric pound what were you even born like what were you two three years old maybe
0: yeah well i was born in uh 93 so whatever that was, was that six years six years old i would have been
1: okay so yeah 99. i mean you're not remembering much from those formative years i suppose what were you doing in 1999
0: uh, I was probably watching The Little Rascals on repeat. That was my go to movie. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, before we get into game talk, we got to look back uh, several months. And from what I understand, you absolutely pummeled mm. Jumbo in a uh, swimming you race. You
1: bring that up right
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell,
2: tell me, seriously, how, how bad of a beatdown was this?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely. Uh, Give or take seven seven seconds, I think. It was uh, a
1: convincing win. Now, mind you, Penny, uh, that was that was a hundred pounds ago. So uh, I don't know if yeah, you know, we, we we might have to do a rematch uh, soon, just uh, uh, just uh, between us and see what happens. Okay. I know you've
0: been
1: uh, working out a lot now. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I'm just saying, like I, I I think I would actually maybe just skim along the top of the water now. Like I wouldn't even uh, be like a like I don't know like a race boat or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I'd love to do it again, it'd be fun.
1: All right. Well, let's uh let's talk about this Vancouver Warriors. Get up here and and I guess, well maybe we'll start with with Aaron Bold, Eric, and the decision made by by Dan Richardson and company that they were going to kind of part ways with with Boldy here, which really thrust you into the number 1 spot. Tell me, tell me what that did for you personally. Like, I look at it from the outside and go, "That's a massive vote of confidence into Eric Penny and a, and a clear decision now that this is your team going forward." That can only help you and your game and your confidence level, can it not?
0: Yeah. First off, I, I want to thank Aaron Bold. Like working with him and playing with him, I really learned a lot, and and he helped me out a lot as well. But but like you said, it's uh, it's a huge confidence boost as well to be named the number one goalie in an organization. and and my goal is to compete with the with the top goalies across the league. and uh, and yeah, like just having the faith and the support from the management and coaching staff along with all your teammates is uh, is good, and it's gonna help you any night for sure. Now, holding Callum Crawford off the score sheet
2: is one heck of an accomplishment. Talk about the game plan, goaltending, defensive wise. As to he must have had been the focus going into this game against New England.
0: Yeah, he was definitely a focus, and uh, we were trying to. Our, our main point was kind of let let the other guys beat us tonight, and we made a slight defensive adjustment, and it really worked out. Um, we were pressuring him and and giving them the shots that we were expecting, and anytime you can do that with any player, it's going to make myself and our team successful.
1: Speaking with Eric Penny from the Vancouver Warriors. And, and Eric, I want to go back a little bit. And, and you mentioned Bold and, and helping you. And, and like, for, for fans that don't know, you were a draft pick from the Buffalo Bandits. You you spent some time on the practice roster there. The stealth acquire you. Uh, you. You spend some time as a backup, as a third guy. All of a sudden you get thrust into a starting role. And then you go back into a backup role. You get to Vancouver and you kind of battle for a number one job. Like, this has been a long road and a long process for you. And for goaltenders, sometimes it just takes them longer to kind of figure it out. And you've you've had some real success in the summer with some goaltenders of the year and some first-team all-stars. But now you really are seemingly getting it at the National Lacrosse League level with, you know, a five-goal performance here against Colorado, a, a six-goal, performance there against new england where now i'm starting to see the eric penny that i that i see in the summer i'm starting to see in the national lacrosse league what has been the kind of turning point for you is is it been mental maturity has it been a physical thing has it been a technical tweak or has it been a combination of everything that now you just feel like you're ready to be a number one
0: yeah i think it's been a combination of everything um the, you, the, the old saying is the goalie doesn't really mature until their late 20s and now I'm 26 and uh, and, and I'm maturing in that sense so uh, just kind of being around the league for this this many years now and you're kind of getting familiar with the pace of the game and the shooters and playing against them in the summertime and having a good summer uh, having a good summer season really leads into a good uh, winter season as well and and for the past few years, I've been splitting time in the WLA, and and I've also, uh, except for this past summer where um, I was working with Boychuk Boy and I got majority of the uh, minutes, and I really feel like that helped me um, groove and prepare myself into getting a higher workload and getting more uh, consistency. So, yeah, no, I think also with the film preparation and just the mental stuff as well, it's uh, it's done well for me and. It's starting to show in my game. Things we talked about off the top of the show was Vancouver
2: has gone from a team of being one of the most penalized teams in the league to the last couple of games where it's been one or two penalties the entire game, and obviously that just trickles down to you, uh, you no, know, not having to face tough shots on the penalty kill. What has changed in this defensive dynamics that the number of penalty
0: minutes has just fallen off the map? Yeah. uh, Coach Gill, he always tells us before the game, you know, we got to play aggressive, but play smart. We don't want to be in the box because like you said, there's a lot of great shooters in this league and anytime you can get a man advantage, it it seems like it should almost be an automatic goal. Um, I do have to also give credit to our short man unit because it seems like we're having a pretty successful year this year with our short man. I think we're sitting just above, uh, 50%, 50%, but over the last few games, it has been getting better and better, and and I think uh, that's also a good point to bring up as well.
1: And and tell me about Clay Richardson, Eric, because I, I, he's kind of a maybe a defensive coach, well, he is a defensive coach in this league, but he's maybe kind of a guy that unless you're a Western guy, you probably do not know a whole lot about Clay. I know a lot about Clay. You know a lot about Clay, but tell the listeners about Clay Richardson and what he has done for that short man and that defensive unit in front of you in Vancouver. You
0: know he he knows the he knows the game inside and out. When he draws up the Xs and Os, it's uh it's unbelievable and and he's just he's one of those guys where you can ask him a question about the game and and he's there to answer it and he and he knows his stuff and he's also great off the floor. You can approach him about anything like Clay's just a great guy all around, and he really knows the game. And uh, And it's good to have him have him back in Vancouver and uh, just uh, being able to learn from him. And with the group of young guys we have in the defensemen, he's really grooming them to be successful defenders as well. So, yeah, no, Clay's a great coach.
2: An unusual weekend coming up where you're going to be at home on Friday night and then three time zones over in Rochester Sunday afternoon. How do you prepare yourself, you know, for that much travel in one weekend? And also, do you prepare in advance for the Rochester game, or do you let the Buffalo game happen and then worry about the next one?
0: I, I'm right now. I'm 100% focused on uh, on the on the uh, Buffalo game. Um, like you said, it's you got to be prepared for the big road games. No road game is uh, is a fun travel day in this league, and and we, and we know that uh, we, we just came back from uh, New England this past weekend, and that was a three-hour uh, time difference. And I think it's it has its pros and its cons. Like, when you're traveling, you might get there a little bit later, and it might be a long travel day. But with the time difference, and once you get your nap in, you feel like you're playing at an earlier time. So it's uh, I think it might be a little bit difficult for the Eastern teams coming to the West Coast, where they're used to, like, a seven o'clock game is like a 10 o'clock start you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah absolutely it, it, it where i think it works both ways but uh, like i've done that trip to new england i've done the trip to rochester and it's it's a grind man it turns into like when you add in the time change it's like a 15 hour travel day it's what it works out yeah, to it, it's crazy. yeah it's
0: it's, it's it's a plane ride a bus ride and and, and then you got to fit in a meal here and there Yeah, it's, it's and the airports but, and
1: all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You just, you just kind of battle it. And you know that that's something that happens in this league. It's part, it's part of the game.
1: Yeah. Everybody goes through it. Can't use it as excuse. And you guys didn't there in new England and Eric, last one here for you before we let you go. And, and we appreciate your time here on lax class and, and for a guy that's, that's, played both with, with the Langley Stealth, with Vancouver Stealth and plays now with the Vancouver Warriors and, and not that Denise wasn't a fantastic owner and, and and the LEC wasn't a great place to play, but the the scales are obviously quite different. And now we're starting to see guys like Riley Lowen and Brett Mitsky wanna come and sign in Vancouver as unrestricted free agents. Tell me what it's what it's like to to play under the Canuck Sports and Entertainment uh, banner here at Rogers arena? Cause it looks pretty cool from the outside.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great organization to be a uh, part of, uh, back with the Vancouver stealth. It was great as well. Denise was a phenomenal owner and she was always around with the guys, but, but playing in Vancouver, we got the bigger venue, more fans. It seems like uh, the city is more involved now. And, and anytime that happens, it's going to pique interest to some of these free agents that are coming up who are local people as well who want to play in front of family and friends so yeah no it's a it's a great organization and it's uh it's a great group of guys we have in the dressing room and um and yeah like like i said like i said uh it's gonna be interesting to see uh, some more local free agents in in the future and see what they are interested in as well.
1: I, I, I lied to you. I got one more. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if he got the biz, his personal cell number or not, uh, Eric Penny. But uh, he, I know he laid five bills down on on that Colorado win and, and promised you a night out at the Roxy with the boys. Uh, you got any stories you can maybe share with us here on on Lacrosse Classified about uh, that night at the Roxy with with Biz Nasty?
0: Uh, you, you know what? He's a he's a great guy, and uh, we made sure it was five hundred US, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, it, it was just a good time. Anytime we can get out with the boys and do some team bonding, it's uh, it's going to bring the team together, and I think that's exactly what we uh, we need moving forward. And and uh, it, you only see these guys mostly on the weekend, but having a lot of the people living in Vancouver playing for Vancouver, we get to see each other throughout the week as well, and uh, anytime we can get together and bond as a team, it's uh, nothing but positive. It's a good time.
1: Well, big weekend for the Vancouver Warriors this weekend. They get it going Friday at home. Throwback night, Y2K, all the rest of it there at Rogers Arena against the Buffalo Bandits, 7.30 faceoff time. VancouverWarriors.com as Eric Penny, I'm sure, will get the start, uh, and most likely against Matt Vince and those Buffalo Bandits. Check it out at VancouverWarriors.com. Get down there to Rogers Arena. Eric, thanks for doing this, man. Just so you know, Evan's probably going to pick against you guys twice this week. Um, I, I'm probably not going to do that. Just letting you know uh, where where we're coming at. <laughs> He's out so of. confident in that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: thanks, ha- thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome.
1: Alright, man. Eric Penny really of your Vancouver Warriors. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Have a good one. There he is, uh, new number one man in Vancouver, and and I think Evan, a, a decision that, obviously tough for Aaron Bold, but and and probably tough for Dan Richardson to make as well. But I think the right decision, as more good comes out of it than than bad. I uh, you get you, yeah. You get a vote of confidence in there for Eric Penny. You clear a little money off the books uh, with that Aaron Bold contract, and you send the message throughout the room that. Eric's our guy and this is who we're we're going with here and and listen Eric Penny has rewarded that decision with two very good performances after that
2: yeah probably the two best performances in his NLL career and that's the thing it's now he doesn't have to sit there and worry am I going to play this game or if I don't play well am I going to get the next one it's his it's his job and is unless he goes down he's the starter and and that's just a world of confidence
1: and i think he's like we've seen it building 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 and it's taken eric a little while to get there but he's there now like he i think you watch him play and he is a confident goaltender in between those pipes
2: oh he absolutely is and you know he's given vancouver a shot at getting in the playoffs
1: now absolutely they're in the mix man they are in the mix they take on the bandits friday okay Speaking of that, we got to take a break here, Evan. We got under review, we got news and notes, and we got week 11. Who you got all on the other side? Episode 65 of Lax Class on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to
0: come. Hey, this is Brody Merrill
2: from the San Diego Seal. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things
0: NLO and box lacrosse. And now it's time for Who you Got.
1: Back, episode 65, Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us here. And uh, Evan, we don't want to waste any time here in the fourth quarter. Three quarters down, one quarter to go. No more breaks here on Lax Class. Big thanks to Eric Penn Corey Small. Uh, let's get right into it right now. It's time for Under Review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter Under Review. Under review, brought to you by our good friends at G. Wilson Construction, building fine custom homes one at a time. Uh, I mentioned uh, Blair Wilson, owner of G. Wilson Construction, texted me while I was down in Vegas. He says, how's Vegas? I said, pretty good. I said, I just uh, happened to bump into billionaire Joe Psy. And he said, ask him if he needs a house built in Vancouver. (laughs) And that's the crazy part is that if Joe actually wanted a house in Vancouver, he could very well go to G Wilson Construction and they could come through and build that puppy. How cool would that be?
2: <laughs> or maybe not even necessarily Vancouver. I mean, they could they if there it's were right. somewhere else, probably it's, could get the building well, permits and go do it, right?
1: Well, I might just have to uh slip him a business card or something next time I Run into billionaires. Just make Joe sure sunny. they got a
2: guest side, a guest house on the side for me when I arrive, or something like that. You know, there you go. Just slip it in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be like a, a mansion, but it would be the guest house. Uh, okay. Under review. We are talking about expansion in Las Vegas, Evan, and we were both there over the weekend. I know they played this game at the Orleans Casino, and I think we both can agree that it's not the correct venue as far as that city goes to put professional lacrosse in. But I also think we can both agree that Sin City wants a team in the National Lacrosse League.
2: Well, let's maybe take a step back first and let's think back to the interview we did with the commissioner at the end of November. Um, Two things that he was very clear about. Number one, that this game was not a test of the market. And two, he... Made it slip through other words that, let's put it this way, there is a team coming to Las Vegas. And uh, according to reports that are out there from other, uh, media outlets, the MGM group has applied to own a team in Vegas. Now, if it's MGM group, that definitely means it won't be the Orleans because the Orleans is not owned by MGM. It's part of the Boyd group of casinos. And yes, the, the issues really with the Orleans is that It is a good 10, 15 minutes off the Strip, and unfortunately, what that led to, and we saw it there firsthand, was that the number of, say, general tourists sitting on the Strip looking for something to do, they're not going to come out to the Orleans. And that's why the better arena venue, if it's the MGM group owning it, would be the MGM Garden, which is at the MGM Grand Casino right on the strip. It's a venue that they use typically for boxing, but they've held NHL preseason games there before. Seat's about 12,000, perfect size for what they need. Now, this is a little bit difficult to gauge how the local crowd bought into this because San Diego simply doesn't have the feet on the ground in Vegas to try and engage the local crowd and to be honest, in speaking with people I know in the city, they didn't honestly know about the game even happening until we told them. Mm-hmm. And in part, that actually just has to do with Las Vegas itself. It's, you're not necessarily competing in the sports market. You're competing in the entertainment market, which means there's 400 other shows going on that night that you've got to compete against. And that's the tough part of the Vegas market. But... The fan base should be there, if it's the local team. Um, if you look at the Golden Knights, there's a lot of people in Las Vegas that cannot afford the cost of an NHL ticket. The NHL becomes a lot more affordable to somebody like them, so that's really why Vegas is there. Now, when we what we saw though was rather interesting because we had fears that this game was not going to be well attended. And we're looking there a half hour before game time and 15 minutes before game time. We're seeing all these empty seats and, think, uh-oh, this isn't good. But it was a late arriving crowd. Mm-hmm. It, they didn't show up until the middle of the second quarter, uh, in most of it. By the time the second quarter came out, then actually the crowd improved. Now, there were some people that got caught up of, I'm going to go to the casino at halftime. So these are things that at least they can look at this game and they can measure and whatnot.
1: I mean, we're talking about Vegas here, Evan, and I think if that town has a team of their own, like the Golden Knights or like when the Raiders get there, that belongs to that city, and they're in the right building, like you said, on the strip, and they make that ticket affordable compare it to a a Golden Knights game or whatever you want to do, That is going to be something that I think both the local market and the tourist market are going to want to check out on a Saturday night or a Friday night or whatever, even a Sunday afternoon. The city doesn't sleep, Evan, I can tell you that much, so there is people around and awake and ready to party all the time, and the NLL has marketed itself around a party atmosphere, and what bigger party is there than Sin City? There's not. So I think this is a really good opportunity, and especially if you're talking MGM getting behind this this, this team, casinos usually have a couple of bucks in their pocket, Evan, and they're going to promote the heck out of this thing. And I think you're right. I think the, the National Cross League did a fantastic job of letting everybody know about the game going down in Las Vegas, but I'm not sure that the job was done about letting Las Vegas know that there was a game in Las Vegas. And and who knows um, how good the turnout could have been. And and I don't know. Like, I, I'm just from, from listening yeah. to you being a, a resident there that is there on a regular basis and from kind of talking to people around uh, casinos and on the streets, I don't know how much was done. But I'm just saying I think if a team – is is Las Vegas's own, and it's marketed to that town. The tourist market is going to come. It's the local market you need to engage, and I think that's doable by MGM if that is, in fact, the the ownership group.
2: Right, and and the nice thing is is that you're going to have this effect, and you see it with the Golden Knights, where you're going to get a bit of a supplement in that if Saskatchewan is playing there or Toronto is playing there or whomever. It's going to be that when a fan looks at, you know, I'm going to go travel for a game this year, that's probably going to be the one they're going to go travel to. And we saw it there where we saw, you know, now, luck, now some of the players that were there, like Christian Del Bianco, Curtis Dixon, were there with coaching duties, but you had others like Nick Rose
1: Rocks and Lawrence.
2: Jason Noble and whatnot that let's get a let's get a plane ticket and a hotel room in Vegas and let's go have a good time. Yeah. Well, that's so, what we did, Evan, except we didn't get happen. the hotel room. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I literally just hopped on a plane and said, I'm going to Vegas. This is a cool experience. I want to be there. And I just did it. Like, I just went. And I wasn't the only one. Like, there were tons of people that did that. So I think you're right, man. I, I think it's going to be a destination. What do you think about this? I'm just going to lob this one out at you, Evan. What about... What about... So even if Vegas gets a team or they don't get, what about holding an NLL All-Star game in Vegas every year? And that's Uh, the reward. I
2: wonder what the blood alcohol content (laughs) will be on the floor in a game that doesn't (laughs) count. (laughs) um, No, come on. Seriously. uh, I'm not not sold on All-Star games. And if they're going to hold an All-Star game, I know you and I have had this conversation with others before. And the simple thing is, Make it worth the players' while. Yeah. Put some bonuses. Yeah. Put an MVP bonus, and a lac- winners' bonus, lacrosse, whatever. Lacrosse All Star games are different. Make it and, a competitive game. Please. Well, that's that's what I'm <laughs> about
1: to say. Is that most All Star games are patty cake, all offense. Lacrosse All Star games are not like that, and that's the the risk that I think owners are, are trepidatious about diving into that endeavor is because they know. Like defenses are still going to play hard against their star offensive players. And do they really want to risk them going out and getting lit up by somebody or whatever during a game? Because, you know, like if Steve Periolo or Matt Beers is playing defense, like they only know how to do it one way. But you got to like you can't you can't put 20 guys all all offense out there either. Right. Like nobody wants to watch that. So. I think you got to make it a what real the game. the then? league
2: would have to do, like the NHL does, insurance. is if you want to set the all-star game, fine. You're suspended one game.
1: Mm, yeah, and get, get insurance right? to cover it all as well, I guess. But uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I think I think having an all-star game in Vegas every year, the reward you get to go to Vegas and, and all the rest of it, I, think, I don't know, man. It just, just kind of came to mind. Just an idea. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, that was Under Review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. We'll see how... It plays out here. I don't know if if it's the next team that's coming or or what, but uh, I think it's coming. I do think
2: it. I don't think it's the next one coming because remember the commissioner said he. The, there's the keys right, which is the right owner, mm-hmm. right mark, right right market, right arena, mm-hmm. right management, right? right. We'll see. They don't have the right arena locked down just yet. That's that's the one thing that I think. Leads me to believe it's the next one, not the not the the one, say a year from now, that will get announced.
1: It's time for who you got, Evan. Who you got, Jake? Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Who you got?
2: Who you got? Who Who? yeah got?
1: Who you got? Who you got? Presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, out there in Cloverdale since 1967, Evan. Do you know that Stampy Tack has more than just boots there? Well, you did, Evan. But I'm telling the rest of the people, they have a great selection of CSA-approved work boots, tough enough to tackle any job site. Stampy.ca shop online. It's still shopping local. And they make the best quality boots out there, Evan. There's no doubt about it. They carry all the good ones, man. I got a pair myself. I uh, didn't bring them to Vegas, but I love my Blundstones. They're getting more comfortable every time I wear them. By the way... Blundstone Grand Prize, who you got prize pack. You could get yourself a pair of Blundstones yourself if you keep playing who you got. Sign up every week and be in the running for the grand prize at the end of the year. All right. Terrible week 10 for yours truly. One and four. I need a big bounce back here for week number 11. How many games we got, Evan? We got one, two, three, four, five games again here in week 11. And we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday lacrosse again, Evan, which I absolutely love. Last three weeks, three days of lacrosse, five games. Here we go. Week 11. It starts in Vancouver. We've talked a lot about it. Buffalo at Vancouver. Evan, who you got?
2: This is one that I would have thought a couple of weeks ago would have been an easy pick, and now it's not. And the reason I say that is is that Buffalo's defense has gone south, and that exposes them. Um, it's you've seen the goals against number skyrocket, and now you've got Eric Penny who's red hot. And now I'm literally, literally at a coin flip point.
1: You're gonna flip the coin.
2: You know what? To heck with it. I'm going to take the Bandits <laughs> and just because I think that uh... this defense is going to get it figured out sometime.
1: Wow. I I thought you were about to take I'm taking Vancouver, Evan. You know I am. I thought you were about to take Vancouver, and, and you, you tricked me. You took Buffalo. That's okay. I'm taking the Warriors. I think they got a real tough weekend coming up here, and if they are going to get a victory, I think it's going to come in their first game, which may allude to who I'm picking a little later on here, but uh, I'm taking Vancouver at home to beat Buffalo. Next game. It's the Twitter, Facebook, BR game of the week. It's going down in Saskatoon. It's 80s night at Saskatoon. Streetheart will be in the building, Evan. It's a rematch. Colorado at Saskatchewan. Who you got? Uh,
2: so, no, this is the odd thing where you got one team who is going, coming off two bye weeks. So... Now, they did practice this past weekend in Toronto, they so did. at least they're not 100% rusty, but they're still there. And you got another team who I, I can't predict anymore what Colorado team I'm going to be watching. Mm-hmm. Is it the one that stuck it to the rush a couple of weeks ago? Or is it the one that lost to Vancouver? Or is it the one that got beat up in Vegas? I'm not going to take use the Vegas game too much because that's just an unusual circumstance of a game, but I don't think the rush let this happen again. And this is a critical game because it decides the season series, and if there is a tiebreak needed later on, this is the game that decides it. But I'll take the rush in this one. I just don't think Keenan's going to have two bad performances against his team back-to-back.
1: Huge game, huge game. You know I'm taking the rush. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot more time on it. I think you make some good points there. This is going to be a tough game, Evan. I'm thinking like a 10-9, 11-10 sort of grinded out sort of game. It's going to come down to a final possession, maybe even overtime. I'm taking Saskatchewan regardless. Riptide at Roughnecks. This one going down on Saturday night from Cowtown. Evan, who you got?
2: And oddly enough, the, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last game Dane Doby misses. So, uh, uh, one more over the hump that Calgary's got to get. New York, prove it to me that you can do it, but you've got to take the Roughnecks here.
1: I think, uh, true, true, I, I'm taking the Roughnecks. Danny Mack, uh, former Roughneck captain, will make his return to Calgary. I would expect the Roughnecks to, to maybe... Have a little video tribute or something there for for basement Dan. I I hope they do. I think he deserves it. But give me the Roughnecks as well. I I they're they're going to be a hungry team for a victory here on their home floor and and taking on a riptide team that I think is just going to be maybe a little overmatched here. So Calgary, it is for both of us. Okay, two Sunday affairs here in week eleven, Evan and. Like we mentioned, Vancouver hosts Buffalo on Friday. Then they get that Saturday off. They'll travel on Saturday. They'll get a good night's sleep before they wake up and go to the Blue Cross Arena for a date with the Rochester Nighthawks, who you remember coming off that one-goal deficit overtime loss to the Bandits. Warriors at Rochester. This is an 11 a.m. Pacific time start From Rocha-Cha, Evan, who you got? As much
2: as there's this crazy travel, at least there's a day in between games. So that hopefully will mitigate part of the issue. Pretty simple. If it's Eric Penny versus regardless of which of the three goaltenders Rochester starts, I'm taking Eric Penny. I'm taking the Warriors.
1: Wow. Well, I'm going to take the Warriors too then. I'm taking Warriors both games. I can't believe I'm taking the Warriors to win both games this weekend, Evan. I can't believe you picked them. Period. But I'm taking them as well. I. This was a game I thought maybe I could maybe make up some ground, but we're both gonna have the same pick there. But I. I think if they can win on Friday, which I predict they will. They're going to have enough confidence to take that into Rochester and feel good enough that they're on a three-game win. Why not make it four over the expansion Nighthawks? Like I, I think it's 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 almost crazy enough where it could actually happen. You know what I'm saying? Well, we'll see
2: how how it plays out, but I just don't have enough faith in Rochester's defense or their goaltending at this stage to pick them.
1: Okay. Last game on the docket, and and you want to talk about a crazy weekend? How about the weekend that Buffalo's got here? Now, mind you, Buffalo and Toronto—what is it? It's about an hour and a half drive, or something between between the two, if if that. But
2: but you can get a direct flight between Vancouver and Toronto. Sure, you got to take an extra three-hour bus ride and a trip through immigration. Yeah, well,
1: like it'd be interesting to see what they do here because they play. In Vancouver Friday night, and then they are in Toronto on well, they, Sunday they, they're afternoon. They're
2: going to fly to Toronto and stay in a hotel Saturday. <laughs> I guarantee you.
1: You're guaranteeing that. Yeah. I'd have to talk to Berm Daddy about that, Evan. I, I want to put. I mean, if you're going to guarantee something, I don't. Wanna, I don't kind of want to put something on the line in case it. You know, why not? Why wouldn't you go home and and sleep in your own bed and then go through your normal routine? especially if you fly out of Buffalo. I think guarantee extra, might be a little strong two, three,
2: there. extra two, three hours on the bus when you don't have to. Well, I, don't know if it's I, three, do
1: I don't know if it's three extra hours on the bus.
2: Well, but me. it's it's an hour and a bit to get to Buffalo and an hour and a bit to get back. And keep in mind that not all these guys live in
1: Buffalo. Fair enough. Good point. That's a good point. I just don't know if you should be throwing guarantees around on travel plans, Evan, because you don't know, as do I. Anyways, Buffalo at Toronto. Who you got? Uh, It's pretty simple
2: for me on this one, and that is uh, I got more faith in Toronto than I do in Buffalo at the moment, so I'm taking the Rock.
1: So if I take Toronto here, the only game we have different is Vancouver and Buffalo. So regardless, I'll still be down a game since I'm down two right now. I can't bet on Toronto. I mean, I can bet on them, but I always get Toronto wrong. No matter what I do. I pick them, they lose. I don't pick them, they win. They probably don't want well, me to pick them. Flying three time
2: zones over and flying three time zones back to play this one.
1: They probably, I'm I'm looking at this from a Toronto perspective, and they're probably saying, don't pick us, because every time I don't, they win. It's like, they, it's like the old... B.A. Barakas, A-team, double reverse psychology.
2: Maybe put it down to this way. You could be tied or you could be down four if you've got any faith in Toronto, or do you want to play it safe and be down one or three?
1: Give me Toronto. It's too early to go down four here. (laughs) It's way too early to go down for. I'm just rattled from that one and four week I just had. By the way, Tyson Geik also going five and zero. Oh, but the guy, I don't know what his deal is, Evan. He he could he could be a back to back champion though if he would have just taken the sixty seconds and and signed up his picks. That's the breaks, right? I guess so. I guess so. Uh, news and notes, Evan. So that's Stampy Tax, who you got. Uh, we all, we all. We both took the rush. We both took the Roughnecks. We both took Vancouver to beat Rochester. We both took Toronto to beat Buffalo. I took the Warriors this Friday night. You took the Bandits, seven. That's eight weeks in a row you've picked against the Warriors. Just in case you're keeping score on that,
2: but I didn't the end, but didn't the second time.
1: Mm-hmm. So that streak has come to an end. We'll see how it plays out over the weekend. News and notes is how we end things off. Not a lot of news and notes this week, Evan. Um, we mentioned Austin Stotts and his big return. I saw R.J. Kaminsky down there in Vegas uh, at the Seals Mammoth game. He's the the social media guy for the PLL, and I thought it was kind of neat. He was uh, paralling around the NOL game doing his thing.
2: And, I mean, as much as these two leagues may see one another's competition in some forms, the more they work together, the more both leagues benefit at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, What else do I got? Long-time Berard, Doug Hayes, passing away. I I got that news today while I was uh, working out another Berard, Rico Belushi, who I see up there all the time. Let me know that – Doug's battle finally came to a close, so our rest in peace to to Doug Hayes and condolences to, to his friends and family. Last thing I got here, Evan, is the WLA draft comes up this Thursday from the Langley Event Center. It'll be broadcast on WALacrosse.com. Brad Challoner and yours truly will be calling the upcoming WLA entry draft, and I don't know how many this is. I think this is going to be my... 20th year broadcasting WLA games. I want to say I've done just about as many drafts. I want to say it's about 16 or 17 WLA drafts I've done. Uh, looking forward to reconnecting with, with Bradley and the Langley Thunder, Evan, have se- <laughs> have seven out of the first 13 picks in the draft.
2: Is John Arlotta their GM?
1: Yeah, right. Now, Rob Buckin, uh, who is Buffalo's Western Scout is uh the GM there and he's uh he's responsible for drafting guys like Tony Malcolm and Chase Fraser and and a couple other guys there as well but uh he he's been he told me via text that every trade that he has made over the last 4 or 5 years has been for this draft coming up so I think I don't know if he's going to hold all all those picks. I yeah. think he may wheel and deal here a little bit, but um he's been really focused on this year's draft and been stocking these picks up. He's also got Curtis Dixon coming to town. He's got Billings and Dobie coming back along with Robinson and Con- and Tyler Pace. Like this this well Dixon, we don't team. know though how
2: many games he's going to well play, yeah no we don't. also hinted that he's going to play pll this sure year. He is
1: sure he is but all you need to do is play four games and you're you're qualified for playoffs so right uh
2: but i mean i guess here's the one thing i don't know if they've released this yet but this is the first year i believe that they can
1: protect a player
2: protect a uh, protect a local player right has anybody indicated who's off the board at this point
1: well i think the, the the simple answer is Reid Bowering will be protected by Coquitlam. I'm not sure what they do in Langley. It'll be Martell or Kalinich, I would assume. Um, I'm not sure who Burnaby protects. New West, I'd have to look at their roster. But I, I think that it'll be pretty clear. But uh, they not, no official list has come out in that regard. But And we'll see. And it's interesting because if a team doesn't want to protect a player, then they get an extra compensatory pick before the draft even starts, which is... A little bit interesting. So there's a new wrinkle
2: Ooh.
1: in the draft. Well, yeah, this you, year.
2: unless it's a superstar, you're not going to protect
1: anybody. Exactly, exactly. And you get the extra pick, right? So uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. It's a new wrinkle that I'm looking forward to. Wlacrosse.com. dot com. It all gets going seven o'clock Pacific time on Thursday from the Langley Event Center. Evan, you got anything else?
2: No, other than just to think back, it's like uh, how the MSL those things, and if you looked at oh, the list right as to who the six nation's chiefs yeah. protected, yeah, yeah, like, like well, they get no four players, they draft. get to
1: protect four, and I and I've always said this, I kind of feel like major series or or you know Ontario does what what they need to do to win Man Cups, and the WLA seems to do what what they do mm-hmm. to win the WLA, so. I don't know what the answers are. We're
2: protecting four guys, and by the way, one is Audie and
1: one is Tahoka. Yeah, yeah. good (laughs) luck. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. No question about it. Anyways, I think that's it for episode number 65. A little shorter this week. We did our best anyways. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Corey Small and Eric Penny for coming on the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, wherever you listen Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever just hit that subscribe button, get it straight into your phone every single week. We do this every Tuesday, it gets posted up around 3 p.m. Eastern on all your channels, social media as well. He's at Shemlax, I'm at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class. Don't forget to sign up for who you got every single week. It'll always be the pin top tweet on the Lax Class account on Twitter as well. And check Evan and I's timelines as we'll bang that thing out as well. we got a Facebook page. Don't forget uh, to give that thing a like. And I think that's it for our fabulous sponsors. G. Wilson Construction, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels, Pure Vital Labs, and the Vancouver Warriors. For Evan Schemin, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.